Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT's After Hours. Conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. It's a real pleasure to be with you, and we thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for making this possible. We've got uh, Chef Paul Kirk, the Baron of Barbecue, uh, with us today. He was on the regular show, and now we're going to spend a little time with him after hours. Paul, um, how did you come by the handle, the Baron of Barbecue? Well, back in the early days of barbecue, uh, a guy by the Dick Mays, he had won uh, down at the American Royal, and he was on the air with uh, Mike Murphy, a very popular DJ here in Kansas City. And uh, he gave him the title of King of Kansas City Barbecue. And so, I don't know, a year or so later, we're down at the we're down in Southern Missouri at this contest, and uh, Dick was always bragging about it. He'd won more uh, ribbons at the American Royal than, than anybody, and so we're down at this contest, and I said, Dick, how many ribbons have you won? And I think it was eight or nine. I said, well... I've won 12, and I've competed one year less than you have. <laughs> you know, and uh, he just, and later he comes by and Paul, you know, you need a, you need to handle a name. And he said, I'm the king of Kansas City Barbecue, and so why don't you be the Baron? I was okay, and that's how it started. That's how it started. That's a good story. Yeah, that's a good story. Um, yeah. We touched on this briefly in the last segment of the regular show, Paul. But uh, I I look at things, and there's a lot of folks, if you look on YouTube, there's some really good information on YouTube, and then there's some sort of sketchy information. And I will go back to my statement and stand by it that says you really should stick with the basics. I mean, it's great to get creative, and it's great to get cute, and I don't say that to be mean, but also I think a lot of people – skip the basic parts and they're going over to the cute parts if you and i know you know what i mean but as as far as doing that and i and i kind of scratch my head and i'm going i think you're missing a lot there i wanted to get your thoughts on that i agree with you the uh you know some of the stuff you know i don't watch pitmasters and and i actually am responsible for the show pitmasters because my students uh Still today now. Uh, the uh, he put him on. Uh, oh, Myron. He always said he was going to have the red. Myron. No, no, Myron didn't start him. Uh, I know Myron well, uh, and he's not what he is on TV. 
In fact, he takes uh, anxiety pills sometimes because he gets so nervous. Uh, no, I know all the judges. Uh, oh, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, he's one of my students from upstate New York. He was a writer for Blue Bill Cosby uh, until he quit. And uh, then... Uh, Oh, well, dead air. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he's the one that started. Oh, he said he always wanted me on there. Well, he, I finally got chosen by the producers to be a judge on there when it was held at the American Royal. Well, I'm not animated enough. They want somebody more animated than me. Right. And uh, so, you know, and I've had a bunch of shows. Chopped. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, they want me on, and then we do a... Uh, interview, you know, over the internet and uh, with movies, or, you know, through the computer. Right. Uh, I'm just, I said, you know, I'm, just, I'm matter of fact. I'm not. Oh, do you do that? You know, I. That's just not me. Right. Uh, so, you know, I said, I don't know why you're wasting your time because you're not going to pick me. <laughs> and I, that may be wrong, but I don't know. I don't. You know, I have a bunch of students who have been on it and won on Chopped. And uh, so, uh, I don't know. I don't, I can do it, but I don't know. I don't know what's taken there. You know, I, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I was on one of the reality shows uh, for about two episodes. And this particular one, they only did one, one season of it. And I thought it was the worst show um, that I'd ever been associated with because I've produced some TV shows and I cook on TV and stuff out here and that's fine. But I thought this was the worst thing that uh, I ever uh, came up against the way it was produced, the way it was done. And it was, they already had the winner pretty much, picked out before we even rolled any tape on it, so to speak. Um, and yeah. I, and I know what you're talking about. NBC called me one time to do, uh, uh be a judge on, uh, one of the shows. And, um, I mean, I'm, I can be pretty animated in that, but they were asking me what I thought were fairly serious questions. So I gave them really straight answers and I didn't make the cut. So, yeah. <laughs> But the, you know, I mean, it's just like, uh, see, I won't wrap in foil. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a shortcut. If you're going to do, you know, something and just like on the three, two, one method of, of spare ribs, uh, where you cook it for three hours, wrap it in heavy duty foil with liquid and steam it for two hours and then take it back out and put it on the grill for another hour and finish it off. Well, number one, their ribs are only going to take me six hours to cook. Right. So where did I gain any money, any, any time, uh, and they'll fall off the bone. Well, I want texture to my food. I don't want it to fall off the bone. Uh, so I, you know, I just don't do it. And one person asked me what I had against foil in one of my classes and, 
Well, he goes, well, I always have it. I said, but when you guys do it, you you take something off that if you did cook it in foil, and then say you cook a bunch of ribs, you wrap them up in foil and throw them in the freezer, and then you pull them out, and all your seasoning is eaten through the foil. I don't eat that. Right. Right. So, you know. Yeah. But I said, and, and I didn't, I used to be one of the rules in class, you couldn't use foil. Now, since it's their class, if you want to use foil and ruin your barbecue, you just go right ahead. Yeah. And, uh. Some of them do, some of them don't. So when you do wrap stuff, do you do the butcher paper, or do you just not wrap it? No, I basically wrap it in plastic wrap, and I wrap it hot. And people, oh my god, that'll melt on the ribs. I know it won't. I said that that plastic wrap is good to 265 degrees in an oven. And I said when it does get above that, it just gets brittle and cracks. It doesn't melt on the. But what it does, it shrinks on the. When I wrap it hot, it shrinks on the ribs or whatever I wrap, and that just takes all the air out of it. And there's, you know, air and fat is what incubates and, and you know, goes bad. Right. So, right. No, yeah. I understand. I've, you know, one of the first times that I ever was around anything that was wrapped was, oh, this was 20 odd years ago. And, um, they had a a business like a chamber of commerce thing in in Salem in the, in Oregon here and they the uh, a grocery store chain was putting it on and they did this every year they feed about 3000 people and uh-huh. and uh i think most of them come just for the free food but you know it was i guess it worked out cuz they did it for a long time anyway uh, I walked in there and they said, you don't have to cook anything. You just have to talk about uh, the rib roast, uh, you know, because they were punching out free prime rib for people. And of course, they shit, they came in from everywhere for that, you know. Yeah, all and, that. And because and, uh, uh, and they said, you don't have to cook anything, but you just have to come and uh, kind of cut it up and, and, and talk to them while you're doing it. And, you know, you didn't give them full, you just gave them little pieces. Anyway, All right. Anyway, uh, I came in and I said, well, where's the, you know, where's the ribs? Where's the, the roast? And they said, oh, they're in those coolers there. And I pulled them out. And uh, these were wrapped in, in butcher paper, but mm-hmm. uh, they were still hot, uh, especially the ones towards the bottom of the cooler, because I think they cooked right. 20 of them. And, uh, and by the way, if you've never cut up 20 prime rib roasts in I haven't in little two inch square pieces. That's a lot of knife strokes. I can tell you that yes, for sure. It is. <laughs> that's a lot of cutting. And uh, yeah. I was whooped by the end of the day, but that's the first time I had ever really seen in mass that much meat. Of course they couldn't cook it right there, right then. It would, they, all right. You know, wouldn't have ever been completed in time and that. So it was, it was real interesting. And and that kind of got me thinking about it. And then I started doing it off and on. So, uh, it's worked out okay, but, um, I don't use the, the tinfoil very much. Um, you know, I use butcher paper. I've never done your, your uh, plastic wrap deal. I must confess to that. Um, but, uh, I've done the, the butcher paper, but I also am not one to go, do use the three, two, one deal because once they come off, um, I figure they're, you know, if I'm wrapping them just to keep them warm, 
uh, without getting them, you know, dried out or anything. I'll do that. Right. I'll do that. But anyway, that's just me rambling on about what I do. But uh, well, that's okay. The the biggest uh, I'll tell you a secret here. Just the biggest party I've ever worked is nine thousand sit downs. Boy, howdy. Uh, the uh, well, we had nine lines dishing up, and it was a steak dinner. And you cook the steak, you just basically mark the steaks, maybe cook them to rare, and you plate them. Then you put them in a cambo or a holding cabinet that's heated, and they they finish cooking there, and they come out basically medium rare. Mm -hmm. And you use a vegetable, we used uh, a slice of acorn squash, which about an inch thick, and then uh, when we took them out, and when we cooked that, and then when we took them out, we put cherry tomatoes in in the middle of them. Uh, I forget what our what else we cook, what potato we cook. But anyway, uh, if you don't cook everything and it, and it cooks in the cambros, uh, yeah. And when they serve them, like said they come out medium rare. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, my my biggest one. Uh, when I was doing some catering work, we did about 850 people. Um, and that, that was a lot because we were, we were doing them, you know, as fast as we could cook it, they were coming through. And, um, and we had three, uh, cookers going and we had all the, the sides and stuff were done in the kitchen inside the building, but we were doing all the meat outside, of course. And, uh, that was a that was a busy afternoon. I can tell you that. Yeah, that was a busy afternoon. And if you've never done that, you know, if you think you can cook a lot of food, try cooking for eight hundred and fifty or nine thousand, or you know, you're right. And then then you can tell us that you've cooked a lot of food. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, what's your overall thoughts on what you're seeing out there in the barbecue world? We've got a gazillion people now making grills and smokers and pellet smokers and charcoal and offsets and and all that it's really come a long ways uh but some of them the the you know the cookers aren't very good um and i'm not going to name names or anything those are just my opinions i understand yeah i would i I won't name names either but i think it's going it's going a lot of good but there's too much it is the out there, you know, just because somebody throws, get, throws together a couple of pieces of metal and calls it a cooker doesn't mean it's going to work. Right. And that's one thing I, I like about David Close's pit. Uh, and I've, I've got one, my, actually it's my daughter's now. Uh, he knows heat exchange air flows, and I don't even know if he's still in business anymore. Uh, I haven't talked to David in years. Uh but he he knows what it, it what it's doing. Same way with and I cook on a land now, and uh, I really like it. Yeah, he said, "You really cook on that?" I said, "Yeah." In fact, I do a bunch of I'm doing two church, two different churches uh, fundraiser. One we're doing a meal. Uh, we're doing. For the first one, it's a very small church that I, I work out of when I do my um, free hot soup stuff on Saturdays. The 
Uh, he's only 70 people they think they're going to have, but I'm doing pulled pork, barbecued chicken, baked bean, slaw, garlic bread, and I'm charging $5.50. Uh, what time does that start? I can probably catch a plane back there. Oh, they're going to sell it at $6 for kids and $12 for uh, adults. Oh, I, uh, I would I would think, Paul, I might get the kitchen rate on that. You know, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, you would. Uh, you could help out and eat free. Okay. Uh, the, uh, and then uh, for my church, I'm doing... Uh, he went, he called me up and said, cause I told him years ago, I would, you know, I'll do fundraisers for you. So with the Knights of Columbus. So, uh, the, uh, we finally got together yesterday and he, when he called me, he wanted, you know, we want to sell brisket, pork, butt, chicken, ribs. So we have to sit down. First of all, we're not going to do pork, chicken, brisket, ribs. We're going to do one thing. If you do several things, it just screws everything up. You get everything mixed up. We're going to do, we're going to start off. We're going to do ribs, St. Louis and baby backs. Yep. I said, and and this is the first, and they have a, a meat company that they're one of their, one of the prisoners, their uncle owns meat meat company here in Kansas city. And, uh, he'll give them a cost, the meat it costs. Never done it that way. I said, okay, I'll charge you a dollar and a half a pound to smoke it. And you guys helped me do it, and you supplied the wood. And we're going to do spare ribs. We're not going to do St. Louis because they're going to be cheaper. And I said, I will make St. Louis out of them. But all the rib tips I keep because I can do my charity work with that. And uh, so they agreed to all that. And then they're going to me a $500 tax receipt for cleaning and all the rub and sure. stuff I use. And, sure. Uh, and they're going to pre-sell, and that's great. The uh, so, and, and I like I want to get that started because I I did that years ago and then got away from it, uh, and so I can make a dollar or two, and I'm not going to make a whole lot of money, but keep me out of trouble, maybe, maybe, kind of, sorta. <laughs> Kind of, sort of. <laughs> well, Paul, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today, my friend, and we will do it again very soon. I always enjoy our visits. Same here. So we're going to get out of here. Um, again, uh, we've been talking with Paul Kirk, uh, the Baron of Barbecue from Kansas City. Paul's got a, a resume so long that I'd take up one segment in the regular show just to go through it with you. But... Uh, <laughs> You can find him online. You can find his history online. You can find all kinds of things out about him, and I recommend that you do that. So, Paul, you take care, and we will. I will uh, round out this uh, segment, and we'll chat again. Sounds great. All right. Enjoyed it. Thank right. you. You bet. Folks, we'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Take care, please.